Well, here we are, back again. The second instalment of the Best Athletics podcast. What was that sound? Was that you? That was oh. a beer. <laughs> Opening a beer so I can have a chat with Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's it's Wednesday night. It's we both. Well, I've come from work. You've uh, you've sacked work in recently, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just got a different job. <laughs> but yeah, um, hi, I'm Anya, and I'm here in my flat with the lovely Dan. Yeah, uh, hi, it's Coach Dan here. So thank you very much for having me in your new abode. Um, it's very lovely. Uh, nice sky rise. Uh, flat in southwest London. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, guys, we just wanted to say, um, first of all, a massive thank you for everybody who listened to the first podcast. It was a phenomenal response. It was really, really fun to do. I think we had well over 500 listens. I don't know if that's good or if that's bad, but for me, 500 people you know, chose to listen to my voice for half an hour, which is more than most people choose to listen to it (laughs) for. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to that, guys. Um, We're going to continue to try and bring you um, as much content through these podcasts as possible um, and, you know, guests and whatnot. So you're stuck with me uh, and Anya today um, because Nick is on baby daddy duty. Yes. Um, Yeah, Nick has left the kids in charge of the podcast and the microphone and we've got a beer, so... Who knows what could happen. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're just going to have a chat today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, big shout out to Nick. We know he's not here. We are having a bit of a joke, but he did run a uh, sub 15 minute 5K last night, uh, which he's been trying to get back under for a little while. So, And he's been a little bit ill with uh, with bugs from picking up from the kids. So big shout out to Nick. We miss you. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to having you back on the pod. But for today, you're stuck with myself and Anya, so... Yeah. Danya. Uh, Danya. If you know about Danya. If you know about Danya. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, how are you? I'm good now, thank you. I've had a bit of a whirlwind week. I was a little bit ill after going full-time coach, not because I was a full-time coach, just because life caught up with me. Um, but I... Yeah, I got some parking tickets. Yeah, I'm sat here looking at a parking ticket on your kitchen counter. Yeah, that was um, when I was in hospital. Okay. After having not a great time, um, weeing in pots, maybe even had to do a poo <laughs> stool sample. Um, and then, yeah, just to come out and see you've got a parking ticket wasn't ideal. It's a bit of a rub in the face, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. don't want to rub that in my face. But you're all right now? Back training, yeah. Um, feeling so much better. Um, yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm actually training for a turf games at the moment in two weeks. So I've not been doing a lot of running. I've been uh, focusing on my strength and conditioning, getting strong hips again uh, so I can get back to running. But um, Luke van der Feen, big up the guys at the uh, at the running room, um, getting me in good shape. Mm. And I've got myself in a turf game squad for two weeks time. So That's mad. All, all roads focused on that. And then in, in the meantime, trying to get into single figure handicaps. So uh, <laughs> yeah, life, life isn't too bad otherwise. I mean, it's a mad week this week. This is um, all jokes aside, the busiest week of the month for, for you and I as coaches. So making sure everyone's set up for the month to come. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know, a lot of those are with the the mindset of people now 12, 16 weeks out from autumn marathon. Yeah. So really, uh, it's really been a, a, you know, busy week, a great week sitting down and, and, and going into um, client plans and getting everybody sorted for their autumn. But yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, just uh, been looking forward to this as my highlight of my week. Sit down with you and have a chat. Oh, you're um, so kind. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll just go into now um, 
a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to uh, answer some of the questions that you guys asked via the WhatsApp groups uh, and uh, via Instagram. We're going to go through uh, a roundup of uh, some June performances as there have been some fantastic ones. Uh, we've got a little quick fire um, activity where we've both written down three questions that neither of us uh, know what we're going to ask the other one and we've got to answer them in quick fire succession which will be good fun um, we've then got a, a training tip that we're going to give you uh, give you guys and then we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up uh, in the world of best athletics so on that note just a little shout out and um, uh, you know big milestone for the club we were t we talked last episode about how far the club has come uh, since its uh, inauguration and reaching uh, you know, 100 200 then 300 members and this week um, we have reached 400 members, Woo! which is fantastic. So a huge, huge shout out to everybody who's been involved yeah. involved in that. Thank you very much for your support. Yeah, the club wouldn't be the same without all of you guys. Yeah, it's an amazing place to be. And, you know, hopefully we'll sit here in a, in a few podcast time and talk about 450, 500 and beyond. Um, so, yeah, just a, a very proud achievement for everyone at Best Athletics. And, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards we go. Yeah. Shall we do a few quick shout outs, some highlights um, of some PBs um, this month? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a really, really busy month. Uh, you know, even though we're out of half marathon and marathon season, um, you know, we're, we're well into uh, 5Ks and shorter distance racing and the club has been very, very busy. So I don't know if you want to start with some of the 5K performances that stand out to you. Yeah, okay. Let's mention Laura Farmer for going sub 20 minutes, 19.54. Shout out, Laura. I know um, Laura's on my team, so I know how hard you've been working for that. So couldn't be more pleased as your coach that you dipped under that. But just the start of many amazing performances. Um, I think next then uh, I'm going to shout out Chloe Wright, uh, who ran a 20.08 at Dulwich this weekend. Um, first female as well, so we always love it when uh, the gals come first. So it's uh, yeah, a fantastic, fantastic performance. So well done. Yeah, nice. Um, then there's been all the other distances as well. We'll go with Ashley Ferguson for a 10K of 38.28. Brilliant. Good work, Ashley. Uh, and then we've had some fantastic ultra performances yeah. as well. So I think uh, Nick touched on last time, uh, Comrades uh, and uh, some of the guys that were down there running in. Uh, and that last week. So some shout outs to Risa Dreyer, who ran a 7.20, Jared Hillhouse, who ran a 7.59.20. Uh, so just dipped under that magical eight hours by 40 seconds. So well done, Jared. I know how hard you've been training for that. Uh, Andrea Mazer with an 8.38, Camilla Scarlett with an 8.28, uh, Dason Pather with a 9.39, Jacqueline Millett with 10 hours 41, and Callum Langlands with 10.46. So some amazing performances um, right across the board, ultramarathon and uh, and 5K. So it's going to be a huge month coming up uh, with the Asics 10K. So that July PB board is going to be uh, stacked when we go to this, uh, come to this in the next podcast. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to one of mine, um, L Triants, who there was a London um, ultra, which was 55K, and she just creeped under the seven and a half um, hours mark. So Amazing work. Fantastic stuff, guys. So... Yeah, well done. We're going to move on now to our um, questions for Coach's Corner. So we've got uh, a, a fantastic list of questions um, coming from the club group chats and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to start with a question from Rob Ellis. Please discuss the impact that alcohol has on your fitness. 
Yeah, which is topical considering we're having a beer. Um, <laughs> I would, Are we? <laughs> oh, you don't tell anyone. Shush. Um, I would say it's good to have this balance and you need to let your hair down sometimes. Um, but when you drink needs to be timed well around your training. I think you'd agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, we're all normal adults with, with jobs uh, and uh, families and children and lives and social lives that we need to maintain. So, you know, still not putting that pressure on yourself to, to not drink is really, really important. I think, it, you know, alcohol has a role to play in um in when it it can have a good impact in your life in relation to going out with your friends and doing stuff and then obviously there's times in your training where um you know it's that discipline of not having a drink is something that you can carry through and uh, and implement in your training so you know we know there are detriments that alcohol does have on your fitness so uh things like sleep so when you have a drink your body is uh clearing the toxins out from your body and detoxing your body overnight which means you can't get into a deep sleep and recover as well which is what happens on a hangover when you, you kind of feel rough the next day your body hasn't really um spent the time recovering and you're sleep deprived um especially if you've had a later night because often you know alcohol can cor correlate with later evenings um and also dehydration the next day so if you're training the next day after having a few drinks you're going to be more dehydrated so make sure that you um, kind of take on a lot of water or an electrolyte tablet the next morning. Um, ideally, you wouldn't be drinking the night before a training session to avoid those things because if you're dehydrated, your muscles are dehydrated, which can lead to injury and tears in the muscles and those kind of things. So um, it's, general rule of thumb for me, I'm not, I don't know if it's the same for you, is kind of four to six weeks out from, your, from a key race, a marathon yeah. or half marathon, um, probably more a marathon for me, um, I would cut out drink altogether just so that I can really hone in on those 1% um, and have that discipline in my in, in my training. But I want, I'm going to give a shout out to um, a friend of the club and uh, a friend of mine personally, Coach Tommy Trees. Uh, so if you uh, if you follow Tommy on Instagram, he put up a fantastic post today after Blast in Glastow last week and getting back to training this week about how he manages drinking around his training um, as a very high performing athlete. Um, and you know strategies that you can put in place to um, to help manage drinking in your in yeah. your training. Yeah, and a little bit of abstinence before a race would just make the beer taste sweeter at the finish line. Exactly. Okay, next question is from one of the girls I coach, who's Carolyn Lecoq, um, and she's asked, "How do I increase cadence?" Um, which I think I'm well versed in answering because I am self-proclaimed <laughs> cadence, uh, cadence queen. Although, yeah, there's definitely optimal cadence, um, and I now need to work on increasing my stride length, um, but keeping that cadence up. Um, so, if you want to go back to basics with it, you can get things like a metronome, um, which just sounds in your ear, so you can time your steps to that. But I work on mine personally just by doing strides. Um, so parts of your run where you just give it a bit more effort and try and get that leg turnover up and also using your arms to drive because your arms and legs work together. So if your arms are driving, your legs are going to be driving um, and you're going to get in more steps per minute. Yeah, I would say the metronome point's a really good one and there's some apps out there that you can download that lock into your headphones. So you're trying to match your stride length and your steps to, to the metronome um, and you probably want to only do that for about 10 to 15% of your run where you're, you're actively concentrating on it because it's quite a lot to, um, it can feel like you get it wrong quite easily and it's quite a lot to try and uh, stay on top of. So just chunking up a little bit of your run where you actually focus physically on your on your stride length and your cadence. I'd also say kind of to that question, um, Carolyn, how, you know, why is it that you're looking to increase your cadence? Do you need to increase your cadence? Um, there is, 
there is kind of an optimal cadence range that um, suits most individuals. And that depends on your kind of body type and um, how tall you are and those kind of things. So Anya's, you know, short and, and got a really quick turnover with her legs. Um, so having a high cadence really suits her for her pace. Whereas someone who's a bit kind of taller necessarily might um, might not need the same level of cadence for optimal efficiency. So understanding that and knowing kind of where that is for you, but also then increasing your cadence too quickly can actually be detrimental because your body might not have the foundation and be ready to handle that increase in, in cadence and speed. So focusing on um, S and C around the right areas of the body, like your hamstrings, quads, et cetera, to help um, increase your cadence. Um, understanding your foot strike, those kind of things are all really important. So would highly recommend um, you know, our, our partners at The Running Room. Um, they offer a fantastic gait analysis uh, and running assessment that helps understand where your cadence is, where your imbalances might be, um, and how to kind of um, get on top of that and what improvements you can make to your running style. Yeah, I'm also just going to throw in there, there are certain shoes um, like Asics, Metaspeed Skies, which are used for shorter races, which are built to help improve your cadence. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Carolyn, for that. So the next question is, how should you run around your menstrual cycle? And this is from Vicky Walker. So I'm going to hand over to you to start on this one. <laughs> I am a female, so I know a bit about this, but I also know Dan has been doing a lot of reading and is very knowledgeable on, <laughs> on this question. Um, so obviously everybody's menstrual cycle is different. Um, I've struggled with mine um, and finally got to a normal point and I understand it better than I ever have before. Um, so for me personally... The week before my period, all I want is chocolate. Uh, I feel really sluggish and bloated. Um, so I wouldn't ever push for a PB in that week. However, I spoke to a female health professional um, when I was struggling with my period and they actually said, when you're on your period, you're basically, your body's like reset itself. So your hormones are actually most level. So if you can overcome the cramps um, and you don't, yeah, the physical symptoms of bleeding aren't too bad, then you're actually in really good state to like push a bit harder. Um, and then the week after your period is the most optimal time where you feel fired up, um, you're energized um, and you can push a bit harder in sessions and push for those PBs. Yeah, definitely great in insight there. And, and as Anya mentioned, kind of, you know, I'm a bloke, so, you know, I'm never gonna have a first-hand experience of this, but kind of it's still my job as a coach and my responsibility to educate myself as, as best I can to be able to support my clients um, where they need it. Because as a coach, I want that channel of communication to be really open um, and it to be something that we're comfortable talking about so that I know, you know, why, you know, it might be that you're not up for a session or if you're holding that back, you know, if I don't know that information, then, you know, that, 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 that can be, you know, that can really help me to understand why, why you might be um, uh, kind of feeling the way you are. So, yeah, before we jump into this, it's it, we've got experts within the club, and as as coaches, we've all tried our best to educate ourselves on this because you know menstrual cycles and um, the impact of um, your period on your running uh, is is really important. And as Anya mentioned, actually, the lack of is a really big warning sign for some other serious issues in relation to running and exercise that you know as athletes and individuals are uh, and coaches, there's not enough awareness on. So. Um, we're going to get Sam uh, Sam Murray on the on the podcast, who specialises in this, and it's going to be a really really um, insightful ep episode on relative energy deficiency in sport and the impacts of that, and how to manage it and recognise it, and what it means uh, within running. But for me, um, Vicky, you're one of my clients as well, so it's a great question, um, uh, and I think 
it's a really individual answer. Everyone's menstrual cycle is different. How it impacts them is different. Um, as Anya said, the timing of the menstrual cycle is really key. So, you know, those days leading up to your period starting are actually where your body is doing the, lots of preparation biologically and doing a lot of stuff with, with, with the hormones in your body so that it's tired, that it's, that it's not feeling great, it's feeling fatigued. So timing some of our rest days and our running around that to you know, kind of anticipate that and especially some of our races. So if we're never going to, if we, if we want to do a race, trying to time a race that's maybe not necessarily um, right in that point of our menstrual cycle might be a smart thing to do. Um, but also every menstrual cycle can be different. You know, one might be more energized, you might feel more energized and one you might not feel great. I think for individuals as well, kind of the level of, um, you know, let's talk about bleeding, you know, let's be really open about that. You know, how heavily you bleed can have an impact on you know, things like uh, your energy levels and, you know, might be uh, a precursor to being a slightly more, you know, anemic and risk of those kind of things. So when, if we're training, when we're losing a lot of blood, that can have some impacts on our health as well that we need to be really aware of. So things around diet also come into play um, when your body is uh, leading up to your period, there's more inflammation um, happening around your body. So trying to avoid foods that, uh, you know, cause more inflammation is also really, really key. So, you know, it's a great question. It's one that I encourage anybody listening to this to be open about with their coach or um, if they don't have a coach with, um, you know, with, with friends or whatever to try and understand more about it. But yeah, fantastic question, Vicky. And thank you very much for asking it. Yeah, I'm really impressed, Dan. You're going to make a lovely husband. Just make sure you get a chocolate on that week before. Um, okay, next question from Becky. Probably quite a quick one. Um, tips on managing pre-race nerves. Yeah, great question. Um, Becky, another one from my team. So uh, I know how much running means to you and how, uh, you know, how, how much you've been building towards that 5k PB, that sub 25k that we're aiming for at the moment. So like, nerves are a good thing before a race. Um, in my opinion, it means that you care. It means that you want to, you want to do well. Um, but also you should channel them. You should use them to your advantage. You should use them to give you energy, to give you the self-belief that you can do it. Um, but also trying your best to then use that to relax. You know, if the more nervous you are, the more energy you're likely to burn before a race, which is going to impact you during um, during the race. So trying to calm yourself, believe in yourself, know that you're good enough, know that there's always going to be another race where you can have another go, knowing that things might not always go to plan on the day and accepting that. Um, I like to say that races are a bit like a football match or a netball match or whatever it might be. Sometimes you're just going to have bad ones and not play very well. Um, so if you can accept that, you can go into it a little bit more relaxed. Um, and that is often a better place to be when it comes to racing. Yeah, I think also everybody is feeling those same nerves. Um, but yeah, you just need to relax yourself. Um, easier said than done. But in a race, you want to get bored um, before you get worked up, before you get tired, before you stress yourself out. So yeah, bored before getting tired. I like that, bored before tired. Yeah. I've heard that before. It's yeah. good. <laughs> Cool. Uh, the next one is from uh, Alex Vass. Uh, I met Alex at the Snowdonia Ultra. Uh, lovely chap. So thank you very much for this question. Alex, what's the best way to do your interval training if you're running routes uh, are mostly pavements? Uh, I think you've just got to find a really boring um, bit of straight road or a loop around like a cul-de-sac and just do laps and laps. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when I first started out um, with Nick and with 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 training uh, and interval training, I used to do mine around the boundary of a cricket pitch. Um, so you just want somewhere that's flat, that's a repetitive circle or piece of road or pavement or whatever, 
where you can accurately record your split times because in interval training, we want the conditions to be the same each rep so that we can accurately see whether we are hitting consistent reps, whether we're getting faster, whether we're getting slower. Um, so it might be a bit boring and you can do your warm up and cool down kind of to the running route or, you know, uh, you know, on your favorite route or wherever, but, you know, just monotonously digging in, finding a, a, a repetitive bit of road or park or whatever is a, is a way to get around that. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question is from Pat Perini. How do you know when it's time to retire a pair of shoes? Great question. And for those that don't know, Pat, he's got the biggest feet in best athletics that we know of so far. So if anyone's got bigger than a size 13, then please do let us know. Send us a photo. Dan <laughs> clearly wants to see. Um, yeah, so Pat, it's a great question. I, I tend to rotate my shoes um, during uh, kind of a marathon block. So if I've got a marathon coming up, I'll buy a brand new pair of shoes that I'm going to race in. And then towards the end of the block, I'll start wearing those a bit more to break them in. And then once that race has happened, that race pair then become my training pair and that cycle then continues. I'll also have a pair of easy shoes that I'll use for that block too. So, you know, I'll probably be doing somewhere between, you know, three, three and 400 miles of um, easy running and three or 400 miles of hard running. And then after that, they'll kind of retire to become my older shoes or spare shoes. And then I'll get new ones to replace them for the next block. Yeah, so you don't want to be doing all of your running in carbon-plated shoes or really easy shoes um, just um, because you need to build up the strength in your legs and carbon-plated shoes play such a part in like weighting your calves and um, they're for races only. Um, but obviously carbon-plated shoes don't have a shelf life as long as recovery shoes. So I can tell when my carbon-plated shoes have... Um, the carbon started to like crack or um, isn't as responsive anymore. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. Think of your shoes like a, a car. Um, you know, your car after 40, 50, 60,000 miles will start to break down and, um, you, you know, you'll get issues with the MAT or whatever. Or it's the same with a pair of shoes. When you get to four, five, 600 miles in them, if you're using them regularly, they'll start to lose shape. Um, you know, they'll start to lose some of their cushioning and those kind of things. So, kind of a good indicator there when you start to feel that they're not supporting you in the same way, then it's probably time to change. Yeah. So this one's from Thigh Shipper, another one on my team. Uh, any plans to expand Best Athletics outside the UK? So I think, I mean, we're already technically outside of the UK. Yeah. We've got athletes from across 25, maybe more different countries. Um, but I think to your question, uh, uh, Thais, is... Uh, you know, are we going to take the brand yeah, on the ground uh, uh, abroad? And I think the plan is in the long term, absolutely. Um, our focus to start with, and Natalie, Coach Natalie, is doing a great job of starting the first Best Athletics Hub outside of um, outside of London in Nottingham uh, with her training nights. Uh, and we're going to be bringing some uh, m some training uh, in person events or in person sessions to North London very very soon. So watch this space. But yeah, absolutely. I think that we see. BA is uh, being a you know long-term a global brand and something that we can take to people and the vibes and the community yeah. um, all over the world at some point. Yeah, not just Battersea Park. Not just Battersea Park, <laughs> despite what it might look like. <laughs> um, okay, Matt Plumpton has asked, what are your favourite races outside the big well-known ones? Okay, um, so we've got a few that we've done together here that I think oh, you know makes for a, a nice Daniel duo. Um, <laughs> so the first one for me would be Rome Marathon. I think uh, you know it's not necessarily the best race route, 
Um, but, you know, in terms of how scenic it is, the atmosphere, yeah. it's not an international marathon, I'd say, but it's a, it's a um, obviously you can go and do it, but it's a very good national marathon. So it's huge within Italy. Yeah. You know, there are tens of thousands of people that do it. You start by the Colosseum, you know, you, the route might take you through past some petrol stations at some point, but yeah. what marathon doesn't, um, you know, you get through the Vatican uh, and the atmosphere was amazing. I don't know what you thought. It was amazing. Yeah, it was the first race Dan and I properly went head to head. And you dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we went head to head a bit later last year in my favorite race I've ever done, which was Barcelona half. I have to say it's my favorite race too. Um, amazing city. Yeah, it felt like a marathon, like the vibes were just so big and the whole city is like behind it you've got all the big elites like warming up around you and um, it was the flattest course ever like literally four straight lines yeah um it was there was a huge best aesthetics presence last year and i hope even bigger next year so yeah i would get on that if you're if you're not already there's been some chat in the group chats already about the barcelona contingent next year flights are cheap so that's going to be a, an epic one uh, for next year what about in the uk I'll give a shout out to my local um, Norwich 10K race, um, which sounds like a little park run in Norfolk, but it's actually a really big race with big names and um, big prize money. Um, and it's really well organized and I'm obviously biased, but... Amazing. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I was going to say the prize money point. <laughs> well, you can what are we talking about? 50, 50 quid? <laughs> well, I, uh, I actually, not to toot my own horn, but I've got the course records. I got over okay. 500 quid. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. For the 34 minutes of work. Yeah, quality. Yeah. Brilliant, to be honest. That's a good, uh, good rate per hour. Um, <laughs> Uh, for me, other races, Matt, I think uh, Manchester has a great marathon and half marathon. Um, really great for running a PB and the city really does come out in force um, to support you. The Great North Run is another fantastic event. Uh, Hampton Court, shout out Hampton Court half marathon. And then the Essex 10K, um, I think, is a, yeah. is a really big event uh, in London, which uh, everyone gets behind. So, yeah, great question, Matt. Uh, so we've got a couple more questions. These came from Instagram. So do you do a coaching program for comrades? Um, we were saying, I think Nick is the person to ask about that. He has the most experience. As much as we'd both love to do comrades, um, neither of us have, but we both coach people to different ultras. Yeah, definitely. I'd say, you know, if anyone out there is looking to do comrades uh, and would like us as, our, as, as your coaches, you know, it's a challenge for us as much as it is for you. So, you know, we'd love to, to give that a go and try and help uh, anybody who is willing on that journey. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very unique ultra marathon. It's a very unique race in itself. Um, but yeah, I think Nick has got a, a huge amount of experience uh, at Comrade, but that's something that, you know, I'd love to, to add to my CV at some point. Um, so yeah. Okay. And then last one will be tips for staying at goal marathon pace during long runs. Yeah. Good question. I think there's a few elements to this. I'll start with, um, I mean, the first thing is you if you're usually in a, in a training program, you have a tempo session every week as well. And I think if you're struggling to maintain your pace, your target pace in your long runs, dependent on where you are in your marathon block. And I'll let Anya touch on that in a minute. Um, focus on your tempo sessions as kind of a, a point in the week where you can get some more marathon pace practice in and then take that, you know, gradually increasing that distance each week or that pace each week, varying that session and taking that into your long run on the weekend um, and trying to increment a little bit more each each week on, on the weekend um, is, a, is a really good strategy. But I know you've got some thoughts on this, Anya. Yeah, um, I don't tend to train for goal marathon pace. I 
train at my current marathon pace which should in theory increase the more training you do until you eventually get to your goal marathon pace um so there's no need to rush it um yeah as dan says the tempo sessions is when you can test your body out and um go yeah reach that marathon pace because you're not running for as far but in your long runs um I'd say try and keep your pace consistent. Yeah, and it's a little bit around, you know, marathon pace is about conditioning. So um, if we can actually spend some time working below marathon pace on those uh, long runs, maybe for short distances, it will um, it will increase our body's ability to, to cope with that marathon pace. And mentally, when we step back to that marathon pace, it will seem a little bit um, easier to achieve. Thanks for that, Dan. So that's Coach's Corner done. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, really great questions from all of you. We're going to try and do this every couple of podcasts um so it's a great opportunity for you guys to help us learn as coaches because you know we we you know we don't all know everything as much as we might like to think we do you know we we do have to put some effort into to to research some of these questions so it really helps us as coaches and we hope it really helps you as as athletes with the answers that we can give you i think next we're going to do a little bit of a q a to each other so this yeah. is our three quick fire questions <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, I'm going to change one up because I asked Dan one earlier. Okay, fine. So what we did with this is we uh, we drew up three questions each that we were going to ask each other on the podcast. We don't know, apart from the one that Anya asked me, what they uh, are going to be. So we're going to answer them on the spot. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Okay, what's your favourite post-long run fizzy drink? I know this is probably not the most... Uh, the best answer in terms of leading by example but if it's after a long run I do just like a cold pint sometimes you know I I know after I've done my long run that means the hard work for the week is done and that's yeah. not to say I go wild um particularly in marathon <laughs> block but uh, a nice pint on the weekend it's a way of you know rewarding myself for a hard weekend's work yeah out of a vapor fly uh, on a terrace and yeah well we don't right. need to speak about that <laughs> <laughs> okay hit me okay uh what is your go-to pre-race breakfast really boring but it's normally made in a hotel room without any breakfast things so just porridge with brown sugar fantastic okay boring but effective okay. um okay what is your favorite track distance uh, 800 metres. Um, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And that's what I repeat to myself over 800. Just two laps of the track. That's two all laps. it is. Exactly. Two laps of the track. Exactly. Okay. Okay, I'm going to hit you with two. Um, would you rather run on a full bladder or an empty stomach? Okay, uh, that's a great question. I'm not an empty stomach because I don't endorse that. Yeah. Uh, and with a full bladder, you can oh, get rid of you can get rid of that without people seeing quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lastly... Uh, in a marathon, for your drinks, would you rather have full-fat milk or champagne? Ooh, uh, full-fat milk. Oh, no. But yeah, I grew up on milk. I grew up on a farm. I love milk. <laughs> shout, out, uh, shout out Marathon Milk guys out there. Chris, Chris Brucarson and Sam Murray. <laughs> Some interesting questions from you, Anya. They always are. Um, cool. So I think we're going to give a tip each now. Uh, coach's tip of the week. Uh, and then we're going to move on to what's coming up. So uh, considering you've had quite the week yeah. being in hospital, do you want to give your tip first? Yeah, it's only topical to say I've learned this week that when you're not feeling very well, give yourself time to recover and rest because otherwise you're just going to prolong it and it's going to get worse and worse. Like your body needs time to recover. Um, it's not going to affect your training that much. Um, and yeah, you deserve it. You'll come back stronger and hungrier. Yeah, it's kind of that, you know, I see it time and time again that people, and it's it's natural to want to, when you can't run, want to run and then get back to running and get back into routine. But 
it's kind of a bit of a, bit of a paradox that you know the more you rest the the faster you're likely to be back to running so sometimes we just burn out and yeah. these things these things happen you've been you've had a lot going on in your life so you know yeah. uh, it's something that um that we're all guilty of at exactly. the time so okay my tip is kind of similar to that uh, and i see this quite a lot is uh, don't chase a session um, and what I mean by that is if you skip a session in your training plan, um, then just embrace the fact that you've missed it. Don't try and make up the mileage or make up the session because that can actually be detrimental and lead to injury. So when, when we when we coach, we kind of coach with a philosophy of no back-to-back hard days. So mm-hmm. if you missed your track session on a Tuesday and then you try to do it on a Wednesday, but then you're going to do an intense session on Thursday in your plan, you know, that's too, that's not a lot of time to enable your body to recover. And, you know, that puts you at high risk of injury, burning out, uh, and, and then kind of going through what Andy's gone through this week. Um, so yeah, just don't chase a session, accept the fact that you've missed it and move on to the next one. You're not going to lose anything from missing a session. You know, it's when you start missing weeks and weeks at a time is when you start to lose stuff. So embrace the fact that you can have a little bit of extra rest, adapt, uh, and, uh, and move on from there. So tips done. Great. Okay. What's coming up, Dan? What's coming up? Best Athletics has got so much going on at the moment. So I think the first thing to shout out about uh, is the Battersea Park relays. Yeah, I actually did this last year. I don't know if you did. No, I didn't. I remember Reese and uh, and Nick doing it in those in ri- speed ridiculous speed suits. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a really great race. And obviously on our home turf, um, it's a relay, which is um, three people in your team run a mile each. So it's a three mile race. Um, and it's just great fun. It is great fun. And we've got already got quite a few teams entered. Um, your man, Sean Matty, shout out Sean, uh, is organising all of the uh, uh, teams for the club. So if you're interested, give him a message. He will give you a free bagel as well as part of your training regime. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for those that don't know, Sean is obsessed with bagels. Um, and that's going to be a fantastic event. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we get on there and uh, being down in Battersea uh, for that. Yeah. Speaking of big events, the uh, Essex 10K is coming up yeah. in a, next weekend. It's I think. Surprised. I think most of our athletes in the club are. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got maybe a hundred athletes at that. I wish um, I was there. Uh, so many of my team are doing it. Your team yeah. are doing it. I know you. I think you're away. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic event. You know, the July uh, race roundup is going to be a huge feat. So we're really looking forward to uh, to seeing how some of our athletes get on. And if you're listening to this look out for the blue and white because they are coming uh yeah. the asics 10k yeah. um cool the next one is exciting uh i will tease it a little bit go on then we have an exciting kit collaboration sponsor news that we can't tell you <laughs> about um but it is huge and I am absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it's um, it, it, we've got some fantastic new designs coming that uh, we've had the pleasure and luxury of seeing and uh, I guess approving to some extent. Ooh. And they are, God, I can't put into words how, how good they look. They take our kit to the next level. So we're really, really excited about that. You know, hopefully by the next podcast, we'll be able to announce that alongside some new coaches who are also going to be joining the team. Um, so watch this space uh, for that. So lots happening. Um, and I think that leads on really nicely to, if you want to get your hands on some of the existing kit, we've got a summer sale of uh, 50% off on all kit, yeah. making way for all the new lines that will be coming through. So if you want to get your hands on some of those uh, pieces, uh, you can do so on the website, whether you're a member or not. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some really good bargains on there. So head over to the Best Athletics website um, to order some of that. 
Even then, though a lot of you boys would just prefer to take off that kit. <laughs> running around <laughs> alright <laughs> steady on <laughs> cool and then last one I think is uh, training camp so Anya do you yeah. want to tell us more about that so we're actually doing a training camp in the UK this September which will set up people really well for their autumn marathons it's in Arundel um, and yeah I would just ask you all to sign up because Best Athletics do camps really, really well. It's the 6th to the 10th of September. We're going to have joint accommodation. Um, yeah, it's South Downs area. There's going to be, yeah, training sessions. Um, there's kits, team fuel, team dinners. The accommodation will all be organised um, and I think a lot of the information... Yeah, so it's uh, it's from the 6th to the 10th of September. Uh, you can just go for the weekend, which is £290 for the weekend, or the full package for the full week is £380 per person. There are a limited number of spaces. So if you're keen to get your uh, name down, then get in touch with uh, either Amy, Nick, or any of the coaches yeah. um, at the club. If you're not part of the club, then uh, you know give us a message on Instagram or something directly to if, if you want to get involved. Um, yeah, I've been on two best athletics training camps now. Organised the one to Montegordo back in March, yes. which was amazing. We've been to this venue before, so Nick organised this camp a couple of years ago. So um, yeah, it's trodden ground already. It's it's bound to be epic. It's perfect timing for Berlin um, marathon on the twenty fourth, and then Chicago, mm -hmm. New York, Amsterdam. All of the uh, marathons happening in October. So, uh, yeah, if you're keen, get your name down uh, and get on board with the vibe. Yeah, going back to reclaim some local legends. Exactly. Um, okay, Anya, you. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for welcoming me into your flat. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it's great fun doing these things. We always take a couple of takes trying to do it because we end up laughing so much or <laughs> saying something stupid. Um, we probably really need to get really good at editing these things yeah. too. But. It, it's the, I mean we're new to this it's our second one so we hope you've enjoyed it yes. um, and we wish you guys all the best uh, with your races coming up and we exactly. look forward to uh, bringing you some more goss soon yeah thank you for everything <laughs> boom shakalaka boom shakalaka